Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Ocean Protect podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect. Committed to change. Jeremy, how are you? Good, mate. Obviously, you can probably tell listeners that Brad and I are not together. Brad's probably sitting there in his buddy smugglers in his house. Um, <laughs> I know that because I'm sitting in my buddy smugglers in my house. <laughs> uh, that's an image that uh, I'll let the listeners get that taste of vomit out of their mouth. But the reason we're sort of, I guess, in separate areas, Jeremy, is because we're moving and shaking all over the place, aren't we? And you're, you've got a very important meeting today. Mate, I do. It's, it's, it's actually not a meeting. It's like a... I think it's one of those swanky things where you get to sort of rub shoulders with, um, you know, people from uh, from government. But no, I'm off into the city to meet the Honourable Susan Hay. She is the Minister for the Environment. I'm hoping to get a selfie. I mean, that's the main point. I'm going to be one of those dead on me. I'm hoping you can put some clothes on before then. But uh, and obviously we're, we're doing. I'm, I'm in Brisbane today, so we've got a few exciting things happening up here. And and uh, next week. But look, I, I guess it's fair to say that we've actually meet, been meeting with a whole bunch of politicians uh, over the last several months, uh, and obviously this is a, a good one today. But recently, we've probably met more mayors, deputy mayors, councillors, senators, politicians than I've even probably seen, um, you know, on TV. So, uh, uh, so it's pretty exciting, don't you think? Mate, no, no, it is. And I can't make a correction. I said Susan. Hey, it's Susan Lay. I better get that right before I go and shake your hands and ask for a selfie. <laughs> You might, you might want to do some research. <laughs> I want to do some research. Uh, the City of Sydney on, on, on Monday night passed a motion that endorses a zero litter to ocean. And Look, I mean, what, what do you think about these motions that are getting passed, Brad? Is it is it oh. talk or is it movement? Are we are we actually making a difference or are we just blowing smoke? Oh, I absolutely, 100% uh, think we're making a big difference. And, and we've made it in a very quick time. Like you might remember on episode number two uh, or three of our Ocean Protect podcast, we were talking to Jim Blanhart. We were talking about uh, essentially the state of California working towards a zero uh, trash to ocean target by 2030. They said it in 2009, and we that was the first time uh, both of us had heard of that target. And we thought, what a what an amazing what an amazing sort of target or a, a lofty goal to aspire to. Wouldn't it be amazing to for Australia to try and work towards that? And we sort of had tossed it around for a while, and we basically pulled up our socks and went, let's let's go out and try and get some support around this target. So essentially trying to achieve a zero discharge of anything bigger than five millimetres um, discharge into an Australian waterway by 2040. And we thought, 
gee, that's uh, a big goal, but wouldn't it be amazing to achieve? Wouldn't it be go a long way to protecting our oceans and waterways from plastic pollution? And but ultimately, we spent uh, the next uh, few months, I guess, coming up with a plan, talking to various. Uh, Geez, we've talked to a lot of people. <laughs> we've talked to a lot. Honestly, yeah, we have. And I remember some of the conversations we've had with various stormwater industry leaders and other sort of people. And they've kind of said, oh, look, you know, great goal, but you know what? It's pretty out there. It's pretty pie in the sky. Good luck getting anyone to sign up uh, to it. And lo and behold, after many months, uh, the city of Ride was the first one to say, you know what? Great target. We're going to go for it. So uh, when was that? That was uh, about two months ago, Jeremy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, they no, they set the target yeah, no, uh, for achieving zero litter to ocean, sorry, zero litter to river. Um, because obviously the Parramatta River goes through the city of Wright, and they're going to basically work towards that target by 2030. And we thought, great, there's a, there's a government um, or a local government showing leadership, and they want, they want to be first in Australia. And and then and as as what often happens um, when people lead by example, some others follow. And we saw Burwood Council, which is another uh, Sydney uh, council, again uh, set the same target. Uh, again, working towards a zero litter to river by 2030. And then last Monday night, we saw the city of Sydney, uh, again, another council in Sydney, say, you know what, we're going to go for it too. And that, that I guess, was a lot of work uh, behind the scenes. And we've formed, we've, we've I guess, a great sort of um, collaboration with Craig Chung in that regard. Yeah, um, mate, Craig. And obviously, you've been. We met Craig yeah. at, um, at the Ocean Protect launch. He actually wasn't supposed yeah. to be there. We, um, yeah. we were trying to get Christine Foster, who's Tony Abbott's sister and a councillor for City of Sydney. Uh, she had to take off to China. I just don't think she wanted to come to our launch, but um, they gave us a pretty good excuse. And then Craig came. And, mate, to give Craig credit, we then, um, after that happened, we jumped on Chris Bath's show on the ABC radio. And yep. that's when I really got to know him a bit more. And ever since then, he's just really taken a really good interest in, in, in actually what's going on. And before we met him, he'll admit he had no idea about stormwater about pollution going down our drains, and he's really, really taking it on. So, man, I'm, I'm proud to call him a friend and looking forward to continuing working with him. That's the thing I think we've done really successful. We've brought attention towards an issue. Like Craig Chung, if he didn't know much about stormwater and pollution and plastic pollution in particular beforehand, gee whiz, he's learned really quickly, I guess thanks largely to yourself. Uh, oh, shucks, Brad. Is that a compliment from you, mate? Is that a compliment? I'll, Stop uh, it. You've gone up to not... You've gone up to notch, notch one in my book, Jeremy. Actually, speaking of, speaking of, speaking of, <laughs> you nuffy. Actually, we're not allowed to call, we're not allowed to call people nuffies. We've had uh, someone write in to say nuffy is actually a really bad thing to say. So we're not allowed true, to use it, which is yeah. true. Um, no, but on, no, no, on that, just for the listeners, I heard Brad Dalrymple last night say a word for the first time. I've never heard him say this word. <laughs> He said, I can't do that. He physically can't do something. It's like for a guy, I've never heard him say can't. Anyway, anyway, carrying on. No, Look, I, you, I, you, you picked your battle from life, but obviously this is one thing that I think we have taken, uh, you know, in full credit where it's due, where I think we've raised attention around an issue and very much focused on the solutions around plastic pollution and, and try to garner up as much, um, I guess, support and collaboration as we can. And, and Craig Chun's been one, a key player in that regard. So, yeah, you know, they're the third council to sign up to this zero litter dose. Who's target. going to be next, Bradley? Who's going to be Bring next? Look, obviously, we're talking to a various. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned council's name. Do you? I don't know. Oh, yeah, but we're why meeting. not? 
All right, here we go. So uh, Burwood, for example, uh, one of 12 councils in what's called SS Rock, so a coalition of 12 councils in Sydney. And I honestly think uh, those 12 councils are going to very quickly, I'm hoping they are, and yes. I'm anticipating they will do, uh, sign up to the zero litre to ocean target as well. Um, we're talking to... Me and you, uh, or you and I, are up the coast next week talking to Noosa Council. I get to meet uh, Helen so and Ian for the first time. <laughs> yeah. So my mum and dad, Helen and Ian, uh, they are both living. They live in Noosa, and uh, obviously I grew up in Noosa. And but look, uh, we've got the opportunity to, to present in front of the Noosa Council, um, which you know I, I think of all the places in the world that I'd love to see do something about plastic pollution. It'd be great to see Noosa. What's it like up there, mate? In the world. What, what, what? Oh, it's paradise. No, 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 no. Um, I'm not I, saying I know, I've been to Noosa, but from a, an environmental point of view, I'm, they're quite a forward-thinking council, aren't they? Yeah, they're probably one of the. Uh, they they certainly would be considered one of the more green councils. Like they they're fortunate in that they live in a very beautiful part of the world, and the Noosa River catchment is largely uh, undeveloped, forested, so a lot of clean water goes into the river. But you know what? There's also a lot of impervious area, uh, a lot of people, a lot of tourists. And subsequently, a lot of pollution does go, um, you know, as we know, gets dropped on the ground and, and often flows into our uh, the waterways up there, like pretty much everywhere else. The Noosa people do a lot of cool things to actually mitigate the um, pollution problem or essentially protect the health of their waterways. They do have thorn treatment assets. They, they, they do have a, a plastic-free Noosa initiative, and we're actually hoping to um, chat with uh, one of the guys from Noosa, uh, plastic-free Noosa in the next couple of weeks and have him on the podcast. Um, but they do a, a lot of things to sort of, I guess, try to protect that beautiful part of the world. Mate, uh, if you can't get it done in your backyard, if you can't get it done in your own backyard, mate, come on. No, we'll, no. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah no, I no, agree. I agree. No, no, I, I, look, look, take eight for the lake, as Candy would say in Wanaka. I have not. <laughs> I have not. That's where you're going, so get stuffed. But, oh, I'm going to bring it up, yeah. yeah. Mate, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. You know, look. I feel as if we're, we're, we're on the tip of the iceberg, but for, for our listeners, I want to clarify what a zero litter to ocean target really means. I mean, you know, Brad, you and I live in, in, and breathe it, but, you know, for our listeners, let's run through exactly what it means because it's not just about stormwater treatment and, and, and stopping. No. It's not about that at all. That is a massive component of it, don't get me wrong. So many other things. Yep. There's education. So- there's totally. um, how do we how do we look at uh, educating uh, our children? You know, we're, we live in a beautiful country in Australia. There's a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of migrants, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of different people. Now, they've all got their own styles of education and what, you know, we've really got to make sure that everybody understands about stormwater pollution, about reducing the amount of plastic we use, about, yeah, about littering. Yeah. You know, it's a really big drive and a lot of money has got to be spent on that. Yeah. You know you, yeah. I, you know what I mean, Brad? I just don't want people to think, yeah. oh, we're yeah. out here just trying yeah. to get stormwater no, 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 treatment. No, no, no. Not, not at all, not at all. So we're very much advocating the uh, the, the closest analogy would be uh, some people might be familiar with the waste management hierarchy. So it starts with basically preventing pollution in the first place. You know, when it comes to plastic and plastic pollution, we're not starting with stormwater treatment assets. We're starting with basically reducing uh, the amount of pollution we generate in the first place. So, when it, you know, for example, reducing usage of single-use plastics, uh, thinking twice about whether you actually need that sort of item and, and how you can potentially mitigate 
the generation of that pollution. And then ideally, you, you might look to uh, reuse your product. So if you've got uh, multi-use um, plastic items or if you, if you, for example, grab a takeaway uh, water bottle or plastic container, can you use it multiple times to sort of, I guess, extend the life of that asset and essentially um, reduce its likelihood to, of being tossed uh, or Finding its way to the waterway, or at least preventing the gener- the use of another product that could um, that, that this item can essentially be a substitute tool. So reduce, reuse, and then obviously recycle. Uh, so obviously we're we're very much advocating the, the proper recycling, and and I guess to my mind the. The guests we've had on our podcast kind of reflect what we're trying to advocate for. So, if you, again, it reduce, reuse, recycle. So, reduce. We had um, um, Rebecca Prince Ruiz uh, on the show talking about Plastic Free July. You know, 227 million people did it this year. Uh, essentially, uh, taking a pledge of uh, reducing or avoiding their usage of single use plastics. If we can do that, fantastic means. Uh, we can significantly reduce the amount of plastic that goes into our waterways if we can reuse those items, etc. Recycling, you know, obviously we have the, the uh, Claire and Rachel from Tomra who are obviously very much trying to advocate for and support clean loop uh, recycling, create, create, trying to create a, a circular economy. And look, ultimately, uh, after those steps have been done, then you look at, look at sort of treatment. And what we're trying to do is treat stormwater, basically provide, I guess, uh, act as the lifeguard of protecting our waterways as, I guess, one of the final steps Well, because uh, f- before it was discharged downstream. For, for so, us, yeah. you know, litter and plastic has given us a voice. We've always said this, Brad, and, and, and Ocean Protect, we've been doing this for a long time. Litter is the easiest thing to stop going into our oceans, our waterways. That is. I mean, that's hands down. Brad's a buddy's environmental scientist. Mate, you tell them what we deal in and, and, and what we really look at is all the other chemicals that go down our drain, you know, excess yeah. nutrients, heavy metals. That's what we've got to stop on new developments and that's what we've got to stop a- across all of our country, but we've got to start somewhere and we've started with a little. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to walk, uh, so you've got to crawl before you can walk and you've got to walk before you can run. The litter is just one of many contaminants that we uh, know are in stormwater and the, one of many contaminants that we know that come from our land and end up in our waterways. Plastic is the easiest one to remove. It's big. We can basically treat a lot of water in a very small space. So we can basically use like underground garbage bins. If we're trying to target the sort of smaller, more dissolved pollutants, like you mentioned, heavy metals, nutrients, and bacteria, we typically need, I guess, more elaborate technologies, which often need more space. Often we're relying on sort of more natural processes like um, vegetation and biofilms and, and soil and absorption, etc. They are often more expensive, a little bit more complicated, and but do need more land. But we're a long way from that for our existing areas. If we, uh, in terms of our existing urban areas, if, if we would go a long way to protecting our waterways if we just focus on litter as a priority. And then if we can get that sorted, if we can reduce significantly the amount of litter going to our waterways, yeah, maybe in the longer term, we can start reducing uh, or reducing more the discharge of those other pollutants. But like I said, you've got to start somewhere. And we think it's so easy. It's the easiest one. It's just to start to focus more on litter. I'm really proud of what we've achieved. And it's not just Brad and I. We've got 34 oh, yeah, awesome people in our office across the country, um, Melbourne, uh, Queensland, and obviously in Sydney. Every single one 
uh, of the Ocean Matek crew have been working their ass off this year. Gee, it's been a tough year, and everyone that's listening to this from from work, you, you, you'll know what I mean. But it's been everyone from the top down being out there pushing this message, working as hard as they can. And look, mate, we're nearly coming to the end of the year, and I feel like we're just getting going. That's uh, you know, that's the exciting Absolutely. thing. We've got a busy yeah. uh, bu- busy end of the year, and mate, with that, a part of part of what we want to have a chat about today is in the news. You know, like what's going on? There's a bit of stuff yeah, going on around, around the world. I guess one thing that really has come up probably in the last few days is there's a lot of attention around the, um, now people would have heard of essentially buoyant slats and the ocean cleanup. So they've been trying to develop a, a technology uh, that actually tries to essentially remove plastic out of what's referred to as the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. So the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is, a, I guess, a, I guess a, a collection of litter and plastics in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, it's not like a plastic island or anything like that. There's a lot of microplastics and you basically would look, if you looked at it um, you know, from a boat, it would just look like the ocean, uh, big blue sea, no major signs of pollution, but there is a whole bunch of pollution in there, floating, etc. So, Boyan Slat has come up with a, uh, and his team has come up with a methodology called the Ocean Cleanup um, and they've recently started being uh, successful and actually trying to reduce the amount of pollution in that Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Now, you might remember that uh, Boyan Slat got a little bit of criticism for saying, look, you're basically trying to mop, you know, you're mop up, mopping up the problem. Uh, you're looking at it sort of a very much, a, in terms of the waste management hierarchy, it's really down the end of the chain. It's the most difficult, most expensive thing to do to try and reduce uh, the amount of pollution in the ocean that's already there. It's far more effective to actually tackle pollution at source. Now, uh, in the last few days, Ocean Cleanup and Boring Flat have launched what's referred to as the Interceptor, which is essentially, they, they in their based on their science, they reckon um, the 80% of the ocean plastic load or 80% of the plastic load entering our oceans is coming from a 1,000 rivers. And their solution is essentially to put in a, um, uh, uh, I guess, a, it's a, a pretty good-looking thing, though. For people, go and have a That's look. Pretty, Google pretty it. Messy, it, looks, yeah. it does look like Elon Musk, doesn't it? Yeah, look, and we'll put the links in the show notes for that, you know, the interceptor, et cetera, and what it looks like. But essentially, it uses, like, a, I guess, a floating boom uh, in, the, in the river. And it generally is to the side of the river where they know sort of plastic will sort of uh, flow more frequently. Because uh, if you look at ocean, sort of, sorry, river currents, sometimes there's areas to the side of the river that more litter will, will collect. So they want to put... Um, an interceptor in one of those sort of hotspot areas in each of the most thousand polluted uh, rivers. And in that, in that regard, basically try and capture as much uh, floating plastic pollution as they possibly can. So in, in Boyne's words, it, it, they believe they're now uh, turning the tap off. So it, Where did we get that from, buddy? Before. Where did he get that from? <laughs> so we, we've used the analogy of, okay, if you imagine you walk into a uh, bathroom or a yeah, imagine you walk into, walk into a bathroom and your bathroom sink is overflowing, spilling out all over the floor. Um, what do you do? Do you, do you grab the mop in the bucket or do you turn the tap off? So, Boyne's flat the, with the ocean cleanup, um, it's very been very much an ocean a mop and bucket approach. But we've always said you got to turn the tap off. Now, but Boyne's is he, tu- is is he turning the tap off, mate? He's saying. Well, that's that's my point. Yeah. That's my point. He's not. He the ocean cleanup has said that they are turning the tap off. 
I really don't believe that's no, accurate. Neither, neither do I, mate. Neither do I. And this is what really really annoys me. But it's, hey, look, it's good marketing, mate. But don't get me wrong. Totally. It's, don't get me wrong. I, I, like, I want to be seen, it feels like I'm, I'm criticising for one. I think he's doing a great job raising awareness around the issue of plastic pollution and, 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 and proposing solutions. And don't get me wrong, the ocean cleanup and the interceptors will actually remove a whole bunch of plastic pollution. But you're a long way from actually turning the tap off. Yeah, when you say you're going to the source, exactly, mate. When 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 he says he's going to the source, boyan, you're getting closer, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's getting closer. And 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 one thing that I want to put out there to our listeners, that's only the pollution that floats on top of the water. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Now, there's yeah, a lot of research yeah. around what sinks. I mean, I met Murray Powell a couple of days ago. Murray Powell, he's been on our um, podcast before. Made this guy knows GPTs like you know carrots, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, uh, and he's, he, he believes 95% of plastic pollution sinks. He reckons yeah, 95 yeah, yeah, we'll give an example. So the, there's a study by Unomia, and I'll include the show a link in the show notes. But the, yeah, they reckon about 94% of the uh, plastic in our oceans is actually either uh, basically on the sea floor. Uh, it's not on, and it's not near the ocean surface. Basically, about a one percent of the plastic in our oceans, one percent of the plastic in our oceans is at the ocean surface. Isn't that now, just mind blowing? Yeah, so when you're when you're trying to remove uh, plastic from the uh, ocean surface, which is what the cleanup is, uh, ocean cleanup is doing it, but also the interceptor, they're targeting targeting plastic that's floating. And like you've indicated, and like what the research has shown, the vast majority, the lion's share of ocean plastic isn't floating at the surface. It's actually you know submerged. And like we've sort of, I think Murray might have talked about, even if you take a plastic water bottle. With a little bit of water in that plastic bottle, that'll sink. It won't float well, near the surface. Yeah, if it doesn't have a cap on it, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so look, it's far, again, it's far more cost effective, far more effective, and far better if we actually tackle pollution at the source. And so, again, ocean cleanup and interceptor will, will reduce or remove some pollution, but it's far more effective to do it at the source. Now, we obviously, uh, still have treatment assets. We're a little bit further up the chain in terms of that waste management hierarchy than what Boyan is proposing. But still, those other solutions that we've talked about, the reduce, reuse, recycle, they're very much part of the solution as well. Well, honest, the priority needs to be put on those as well. Oh, mate, no, for sure. But I mean, like, I want for, for the people who are listening, he's talking about getting a basically like a big rubbish bin where on, on like decent sized rivers where it goes through his rubbish bin and he pulls it out well 
it's a long way from where that rubbish originated from, all those pollutants originated sure. from. So for that to be in a big river, it's got to go down a little creek into a, into a bigger creek, into a little river, mm. into a bigger river. You know what I mean? So you look yeah. at the biodiversity impacts and, and, and you know, the, the, the marine life, all the insects, um, which are vital to our planet, um, you know, what harm is it doing going all the way down there and the cost sure. of, of, of actually trying to capture it there as opposed to stopping it, not only today, but tomorrow. And that's what stormwater treatment assets do. They work yep. the whole time. So when we're yeah, sleeping yeah. and it's raining, it, they're working and they're stopping it at the source from even entering in our waterways. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think a big thing, like I think you referred to, oh, look, is this zero litter the ocean target just all about selling storm treatment assets? Hell no. We're definitely part of the solution, but we're only we're still only one part of the solution. I want to see all those waste management hierarchies are reduced, reduced, recycled, being part of that solution. And to be honest, I think that's what we're seeing with the the Sydney councils that have taken on board. I'm hoping that's what we'll see it with the other councils that ideally will actually work towards this zero litigation target. I've got, for example, we know in Sydney there's a whole bunch of container deposit schemes that are really effective at reducing litter. I think the CSIRO research indicates that litter rates decrease by about 40%. 40% just by having container deposit schemes in the catchment. I mean, that is a massive reduction, and it's actually creating a, a circular economy. It's uh, quite uh, cost-effective. You know, people are actually making money out of it, not just the, the, the public, but also businesses like Tomra. And that's a great outcome. Benefits the environment, benefits the economy. Uh, and obviously, the other councils, the councils we do know of, are actually working towards a whole bunch of things in terms of education. I mean, if we can, uh, reju- again, reu- reduce the amount of pollution or reduce the amount of pollution at the source, i.e., don't use single-use plastic or at least reduce the use, that will go a long way. That'll reduce the amount of pollution traveling down that sort of system. And obviously, if we have treatment assets, it'll mean that these assets don't have to work as hard. And obviously that will mean they work essentially more effectively and won't fill up and need more uh, as much maintenance. Mate, um, a- another thing that's been in the um, in the news is old Aaron Brockovich this week. Yeah. Well, you know, Erin uh, Brockovich, uh, as some people might know, she was an American. Who, who played her? Julia Roberts. Uh, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yeah. I can't remember the movie now, but she uh, played it very well. And she was, uh, I think, a, a mum sort of uh, who basically, I think, basically went to uh, study law. Oh, actually. Raised I- awareness around uh, groundwater contamination in, a, I guess, a fairly poor area in the States that were, um, you know, all getting sort of various cancers. I only and, saw it the other day, and, mate. Oh, really? I yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I only saw it the other day. But anyway, back to it. PFAS. Does everyone but know she, what PFAS she's got is? a high profile. PFAS is very much in the news. It's a hot topic. If people are keen to know more, um, what I would recommend is checking in our uh, podcast with Nicholas Brenner's. But um, a couple of things that I remember Nicholas Brenner saying was he didn't he didn't think that there was any sort of safe levels of PFAS in our environment, uh, and that's the big unknown. Um, what what is a safe level? And Aaron Brockovich uh, was saying essentially that the uh, recommended guideline levels of PFAS uh, that Australia now comply has set as appropriate targets. She thinks are too. Are way too high. They're, they're, they're not protecting the uh, Australian public enough, which is consistent with what Nicholas Brenner said. So look, it's a, it's a, it's a big, massive class action. I think it might be the biggest in Australia's history. And it doesn't get, uh, yeah, I guess watch this space. It's going to be, they, they, they refer to PFAS as the asbestos of the 21st century. It's a hot topic. There's a, there's a lot of it, particularly around airports, the military bases, et cetera. Interesting times. For sure. What else has cost, Brad? And what's happening in the vegan world? 
Oh, look. There was a joke. There was a joke, mate. No, I'm joking. No, no, no. What's happening in the vegan world, mate? Give us us your one-on-one. No, look, uh, what what, what I found really interesting at the moment uh, is uh, the attention uh, around, I guess, plant-based meat. So you might have heard of Impossible Burgers or Beyond Meat. Didn't Wixie have a vegan burger yesterday? Michael Wicks, our fellow, the director of Ocean Protect, co-director, he had a uh, Beyond uh, Burger at Grilled uh, on the Gold Coast yesterday, and I said to him, "Dude, this is going to change your life." And he's like, "Honestly, it, it tastes great." I, I, I look. Just- I wouldn't believe. Yeah, I wouldn't believe it's not me. It's incredible, and to be honest, the the big thing I reckon in relation to uh, plant based meats is that they will exceed the quality uh, of and taste of typical meat products and it will be cheaper. I think I think I can talk about the environmental benefits of uh, plant-based eating and animal cruelty, etc. But ultimately, it needs to be uh, cheaper and more convenient than essentially the standard meat products. And I honestly think Impossible Burgers and Beyond Meat are absolutely, absolutely, to be honest, killing it, excuse the pun, in this space. And I just cannot see that in 10, 20 years' time, we're going to be eating meat. I reckon KFC will go full vegan in 20 years. I reckon Mac is... Uh, Hungry Jacks or Burger King, etc. We'll all be doing plant-based meat instead of any sort of uh, uh, regular meat. Why? Because it's going to be cheaper and tastier. And look, just for the listeners at home, if there's one person that can judge a burger with uh, vegan or plant-based <laughs> meat in it, uh, that's Michael Kenneth Wicks. So um, he knows his burgers inside and out, buddy, don't you? Um, well, mate, uh, I'm going to have to jump in the shower because I've got to yeah. go soon boot. I'm going to leave. But look, it's worth noting. It's worth noting. We've got some great podcast guests coming up over the next uh, few weeks. We've got uh, some really interesting people coming up from Healthy Land and water and plastic-free nooser, and uh, I'm pretty excited what the next few weeks are going to bring. Aren't well, you? Yeah, no, I am. And I also want to thank everybody that um, wrote in when we um, said, hey, look, can you, um, a couple of episodes ago, we had a chat and said, hey, write in and, and tell us what you're going to talk about from all around the world and we can see where you're listening. Not one of yous have written one email to us. We can see that you're listening and you can't even be bothered writing an email. Do you not want to send it to me? Send it to Brad. Maybe they're just shy. Maybe they're shy. Brad, Brad D at oceanprotect.com.au. That is Brad D at oceanprotect.com.au. Um, Love to hear from you. Yeah, come on, guys. Like... <laughs> You want to listen to us, but you don't even write an email. But no, no, please do. Um, I'm really excited for the next few weeks too, mate. And um, and obviously we've got. Good luck with your meeting. Well, mate, I mean, yeah, I better do that. I'm, I'm. Oh, Brad, have we told anyone that you're going to cut your hair off for five thousand dollars? <laughs> I, I have put it out there. I will uh, uh, cut off my luscious block. Uh, Skinner, it's got to be a Skinner though. Yeah, if someone is willing to donate five thousand dollars to our Bali Children Foundation charity, so uh, I'll include the obviously me and Jeremy, Jeremy and I are, are raising money for the Bali Children Foundation as part of this Bali Hope for a month. If someone wants to chip in five grand to see me uh, uh, take my uh, so-called luscious locks off, I will. Yeah, and look, I suppose I will do that too. So I will at the same time also. So uh, five grand to cut off my hair. Um, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Mate, what I might do, um, I'll see what you're doing this afternoon, um, but I'll leave the podcast gear here. And if I do make it back, I might uh, jump on. We'll have a big, yep. big chat about the day I met Suzanne Lee, not Hay. Right up. See ya. Jeremy, how'd your meeting go? You know, I've met a lot of politicians. She's just really cool, mate. She's got like six degrees. 
She's got her masters, masters in tax. She's got her masters, like she's got so much, you know, knowledge. She's also got a commercial pilot's license. She's also lived out in rural uh, Australia as a, you know, um, just a person on the farm. What a wonderful human being. Wow. Yeah, wow. And the messaging I got from the government is was, was very great. So this is a federal minister. Plastic is one of the massive topics on them right now and getting into our ocean. So I was like, mm. hey, just sitting across the table going, hello, I'm here. You know, I'm the youngest one in this room by a long way. You know, I'm sitting next to me is uh, John from Deloitte. I mean, who looked like he owned Deloitte. I mean, <laughs> everyone's watches in there were like uh, something I've never seen. I mean, it was, I just felt so out of place. Here am I, everyone's cleanly shaven. Um, I'm obviously not. My hair look like, it looks like I don't have a job. Looks like I borrowed the suit for it. Um, but, mate, the, the government, no they need to do something. Some interesting stuff about their recycling. So they're mandated by next, sometime next year, they're no longer going to send anything over to, you know, Asia as far as our waste. They've mandated that. I don't have the exact date for it, but that opens opportunities, Brad. You know, like, <laughs> hate to name it, but reverse cycle vending machines that are sorting out all this plastic, then it's just being sold to the, it just goes out in the trade. How do we know that, mm. that, that that that's getting recycled? The answer is it's not. So, mm. you know, I love the work that people like Tom would do and the reverse cycle reverse um, cycle vending machines. I love love it. But if we're then just sending that waste overseas, what's the point? So, you know, that yeah. was something that was it was really good. Water uh, is is obviously a big big part of it. And apparently, they did some studies that water. And I'll, I will, I'll get the study. With uh, elderly people is their number one concern about Australia, water. Water supply. Water supply. So I spoke a lot about the Murray, a lot about the farmers trading water. So it's got that bad out there. You get allocated water. as You, you buy your block mm-hmm. of land, you get allocated a certain amount yep. of water. Yep. Now, some farmers are doing it that tough that they're just going, you know what, we're not going to grow anything this year. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to sell our water rights because it's too hard, mm. you know, and it, yeah. that's so sad. There's talks mm. of kids leaving school to go home to be with their mum and dad because they're so worried about them. Kids dropping out wow. of school to go being back on the farm. You know, as a sort of stepdad, oh, I can only imagine what they would feel like. So, mm. mate, very interesting. And the number one, obviously, outcome is we've got a meeting. So her and her chief of staff uh, said, look, we're really interested about what you're talking about. Come and see us. So does it get any – oh, the chicken. I had chicken. Sorry, mate. There was no option for a vegan. There was no, no – I, I didn't even want to say anything. I was just too nervous. So, so there you go, mate. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Well, there's nothing – I think it was Victor Hugo that said there is nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And I think we really do need to stop the flow of plastic into our, our oceans. There's a lot of political support for this initiative. There's a lot of public attention around this. And we can do it. We know the solutions are readily available. We don't have to invent anything. We don't have to wait for some technological innovation. The technology and practices and services are already rock and roll. we just got to lift our socks and actually just do it. 100%. And uh, look, I was lucky enough uh, to come out of this meeting and got a text from a mate, Tim, at uh, Tim Silverwood, Take 3, who was actually just down the road. He's got some oh, cool. very exciting stuff on the, on the horizon, so watch that space. But we just had a good chat about, um, you know, when you feel like you're having a good win, you know, mm. and Tim's been pounding the pavements for 10 years for Take 3 for the sea. I mean, mm. I'm surprised he's still got any feet left, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's, 
I'm surprised he you know can still do what he does, but it's it's just rewarding when politicians listen. Well, look, yeah. you feel like they're listening. We'll see if we, we can pull through. But um, mate, I've had a had a great time. I'm still in my suit, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Well, you better get uh, into your uh, budgie smugglers and uh, go out. Well, exactly, mate. I've come back to the budgie <laughs> smuggler cave. So, um, mate, hey, mate, cheers to the catch-up. I thought it was uh, it was good to touch on a couple of things that we've been doing and, um, yeah. you know, touch on a bit of current affairs. So, we'll, um, yeah, we'll have to do it again. Sounds good to me. Have a good weekend. See you, Dido. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.